to another episode of Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. We're counting our space bucks. We're saving up our change, our spare space dollars and space coins to afford to send our astronaut some sweet flicks. That's right. And the sweet flicks we're talking about today uh, is... I feel like I messed up the the subject verb agreement there, but it, the movie <laughs> we're talking about is uh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs, starring I am blanking on his name, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg, that's the guy. And I don't know the actress's name either. You've you've got everything in front of you, right? I do. Yeah, her name is Kristen Milioti. Okay. And uh, the director of the film is Max Barbacow. Max Barbacow. All right. And yeah. this one is on Hulu. Correct. So uh, I think it'll be the first movie on Hulu that we've reviewed, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get right into Palm Springs. Um, Andy Samberg. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. I, I, don't, I don't know much of his work in films. I've heard the movie Pop Star is really good. I haven't seen that. Um, yeah, I've heard that and that, that movie is quite well loved as is hot rod. Yes. Yes. Uh, I also haven't seen that, but I have the same, I've heard that both are very funny. Um, everything I have seen him in, I've really found to be quite funny. I mean, obviously he's pretty famous from SNL. Um, he was in parks and rec too, right? Or am I making that up? Uh, Brooklyn nine, nine, Brooklyn nine, nine. Okay. Yep. Yeah. One of those shows. Uh, yeah, that's right. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So, um, and I never was a, an avid watcher of that show, but I've seen like, you know, clips and stuff that were always very funny. So, uh, but I knew going in that this movie was basically, I knew the premise, you know, which is pretty much like Groundhog Day, um, but with a couple, where, where two people are in the same time loop. Yeah. And even just that little twist sounded very delightful and interesting. Um, right. Really changes the, trailer, the of course. Yeah, really changes yeah, the sort it, of fundamentals of it. Yeah, it's funny. Um it's, I, it's not like I've thought of that scenario specifically before, but somehow I've I've often in my head thought about the scenario of I think in the context particularly in the context of someone who maybe I didn't get along with super well or just didn't, you know, didn't mesh with really well. Um I I sort of without without um, you know, much intention behind it, just kind of automatically have, have often imagined the scenario of what if we were the only two people in the world? Right. And right. how would that change how I feel about this person? Sort of the, the mental exercise being like, if it was just you and this person, you'd, you'd mean a lot to each other. You'd be very important to each other. You couldn't help, but really care about each other. Right. right. It, it Like you would learn to, you know, your differences would sort of seem irrelevant because it's like there's only the two of you. Because you, you're, you're the only two got. people who understand right. each other, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why I do that mental exercise, but this movie kind of reminds me of that a little bit because the idea of two people in the same time loop, they sort of have that still, right? Obviously, there's other people, but those other people are sort of like meaningless to them because right. they they aren't experiencing the world along the same timeline. And so these two kind of only have each other. So, I mean, I'm just talking about my thoughts even before going into the movie, but yeah. I just thought all, I thought all that was very interesting. Um, and, uh, and I liked, you know, that, um, since it was Andy Samberg and it looked funny from the trailer, I was pretty excited to see, uh, like an even more, it seemed to me like it was going to be even more funny than Groundhog Day because I find Groundhog Day to be a very funny movie, but, um, I don't know. It's more of like a contemplative, uh, movie with, with many comedic moments to right. me, as opposed right. to just an outright comedy. And this looked like it was going to be more of an outright comedy. So, um, all those things I was looking forward to, I thought it was going to be great fun. And, uh, and I was excited. I don't know really anything about the director or the writer or was it written by Andy Samberg? I don't even know who wrote it. Uh, um, I believe that, um, so the screenplay was by a writer named Andy Ciara. Um, okay. who I believe this was a first time, I think he's a first time screenwriter. Oh, first um, time. Cool. I believe so. Let me double check here. Oh, that's wrong. Uh, he's done a few things. 
some shorts, worked on the TV show Lodge 49, which I loved. Um, hmm. And uh, and then this is looks like his first uh, full length screenplay. So okay. not not any fe- no feature credits under his uh, under his belt until until this movie. Well, good for him. Anyway, point I was making was just that I didn't really know much about this creative team other than Andy Samberg. And um, but from what I did know, I was looking forward to it. I was pretty excited. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, unfortunately, this movie I will always associate with um, being smack dab in the middle of COVID-19 times. And so, of course, um, you know, the idea of there being a high quality, high concept comedy available to me, right, was just sort of like this sweet nectar that I that yes, we don't get that much in of. the middle of a desert. Yeah. Right. Um, and so. uh and so I was I was very much looking forward to it, um, especially, you know, just the little bit of buzz surrounding the film was like, it's very good. Try to know nothing about it going in. Right. Other than I mean, and basically it's like somehow I figure I learned that it's like it's like Groundhog Day. Right. With some twists. Um, I was like, yep, sign me up. This sounds great. I'm very excited for this. And so probably a movie that I would have had like, you know, positive, but you know, maybe a little bit more mild expectations for like in any other year, uh, mm-hmm. with, in this particular context, I was just like very, very eager for it. Um, and so, uh, and it did not disappoint. I really, really quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I thought it was, I mean, it, it, it sounds, this sounds like a disappointing analysis, but it's not, it was basically exactly what I expected, but uh-huh. I was expecting a lot. Yeah. It was very funny, very charming, had a good amount of, you know, thoughtful, um, content, um, but not over the top. I, I almost was actually a little nervous that it was going to be sort of like a too philosophical, um, Right. Because I think Groundhog Day is, is like a comedy that over time has almost, it's it's reputation has kind of eclipsed the actual movie in terms of yeah. people talk about it like it's this like deep philosophical exploration and i'm like i mean it's mostly a comedy you guys you know yeah, yeah. like yeah there's interesting stuff in there for sure um but i think i think what what has because it's such a unique movie and such a unique premise it's um taken on a a, a life in people's heads like it causes people to think of very interesting and and probing questions. Right. right. And people come away from the movie and over the course of the years that pass after they've seen the movie, they think of all these fascinating things. Right. That they attribute to the movie. But I'm like, the movie just asked a really interesting question and kind of explored it, but mostly was just making you laugh and mostly was like a vehicle for Bill Murray, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and so anyway, I guess point being, I was thinking I was, I was a little nervous that this movie was going to sort of, um, out, try, try to outdo that, the, the way that Groundhog Day is remembered, right. you know, and, and, and be like the modern version where we explore all of those same deep questions. Um, and thankfully I don't think it went overboard with that. I think it had plenty of just very simple, casual dialogue to sort of like touch on, you know, how this kind of mirrors real life in some ways, right. You know, what does give life meaning? What, what is the point of it all and things like that. But it wasn't like, it wasn't this heavy handed thing that sort of dragged down the, the spirit of the movie. Yeah. Um, it was overall is very lighthearted and, and a lot of fun and, and charming. Um, and you know, and I thought the acting was really good and the story, you know, the romance, I think the romantic comedy is sort of a dying, it's an endangered species, but, um, yeah. I thought it was, I thought they pulled it off well with this. So yeah, all around thumbs up from me and sounds like from both of us. Yeah. I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie, as far as like the philosophy bit goes, I feel like, uh, it's very grounded in sort of the practical reality of the world of this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So like as, um, uh, Andy Samberg's character Niles is sort of introducing uh, Kristen Milioti's character uh, Sarah to the world and sort of talking her through 
how he feels like the rules are set up and what he hit the conclusions that he draws. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his conclusions while seeming very philosophical in some ways, right. Where he's like pretty much nothing you do matters. And so like the goal mm-hmm. is to get through the day without like doing anything that you will remember having like where you have been like a horrible person, right? Like, these other people will not remember this, but you will. And that's like an important yeah. thing. to. Remember. And it's like, that's profoundly deep, actually. Right. <laughs> this idea, it's like, like ultimately the pain you cause for others is, you know, like bad because you have to live with it. Right. Um, right. And just like, but there's things like that peppered throughout the film where he and, and she both sort of reveal their, and even Roy, right. JK Simmons's character, like, reveal their basic philosophies about how to get through this sort of uh, life is maybe the wrong word, but this existence. Right. Um, and I think it all is grounded in this very sort of practical, like this is the only way that I can see doing this and not like losing my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that is far more fun and accessible than if it was like ponderously trying to sort of in, like ivory tower intellectualize, like what does it all mean? Right. It's, it was more like, this is what I need to do to get through the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quite, I quite enjoyed that uh, on the philosophy side. And then on the romantic comedy side, um, there's a sort of like an obvious inevitability to their relationship. Right. Yeah. But I, but I like the fact that they even get that, right? Like for them, mm-hmm. it's like, we're like the last people in the world in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's sort of too obvious for us to be in a relationship, which of course gets like sort of complicated and twisted around sort of two thirds of the way through the movie. But, um, but I think like there it's almost, there's a weird sort of meta textual awareness on their part. That's like, it's, it's almost like they know that they are the male and female leads in a romantic comedy. And they're like, how can we avoid making this as obvious as it's likely going to be, you know, eventually, how can we make this more interesting along the way? Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree that I think they do both of the things that the movie primarily is like a time loop movie and a romantic comedy. And they try to make them as, as interesting and and enjoyable as possible. Yeah, I think, and I don't feel like I'm giving too much away because this is in the trailer, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I think they I think they approach it in a really um, smart way, which is they actually their relationship. They actually open the movie with them basically getting together. You know, there's sort of like very early scene of him kind of charming her. Right. And them, you know, them becoming becoming romantically interested in each other. And, um, and then that actually leads to the, the whole reason she enters this time loop with him is because right. she ends up following him into this cave. Yep. Right. Um, and then, and, and after that happens and she's sort of like, what the heck have you done to me? Then any, any sort of pretense of romance is immediately, you know, thrown out the window at that point. Cause she's like, no, I'm not going to, you know, sleep with you or anything like that. Like you, you've, ruined my life right mm-hmm. um so then so it's sort of like so it's like they sort of like start with the romantic stuff and then it's gone and then and then they're back to this is we're never going to be more than just the two people to suck in this time loop together right um but of course like with any romantic comedy then it sort of develops from there and you're like of course you're going to get back to that but right um i just think it's smart that they that they started with it right off the bat right? yeah Get it out of the way. Right. And then walked backwards and then sort of made their way back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I feel like the themes, the themes of this movie are, are somewhat obvious, but should we state them anyway? Like how would you, how would you actually put them into words? Hmm. Uh, I feel like there's a, a sort of a lingering question of when nothing, if nothing you do matters, then what do you do? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think, but I think you kind of, I think you sort of, um, articulated it a moment ago, which is the thing that matters about what you do is that 
is that you have to live with it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's sort of, um, it's sort of putting too fine a point on the idea of at the end of the day, like we're all alone, right? Like we're all stuck. <laughs> we're, we're all stuck with ourselves, I guess is maybe a slightly better way to put it. Right. Um, and so he becomes, especially the Niles character becomes very aware of like what things about my, what things am I willing to do and not do where I feel like I can live with myself afterward. Cause he's living in, you know, consequence free zone. Right. That's and right. it's, and he's yeah. like, but I still need to feel like I can look at myself in the mirror and feel like I'm not so, you know, I need to be able to, to, to live with myself. Right. Yeah. 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 It's sort of like, you know, a lot of people in the real world might need, might try to escape from various, you know, mistakes they've made or situations they've, they've found themselves in. And the premise of this movie, similar to Groundhog Day, is that the protagonists are in a world where you can sort of escape everything. You know, there's mm -hmm. no, there's nothing that you do that you need to really live with except yourself. Right. Um, and I guess, and I guess that's, you know, it's obviously not like the real world. The real world is not a time loop, but it's sort of like the real world in that if, if, if you distill, you know, if you take every scenario in the real world um, and treat it as like, yes, in the real world, you technically could escape just about anything if you tried hard enough. You know? Yeah. You can run away from your problems. You can run away from, yep. you know, things you wish, wish didn't happen. Um, but you can't run away from you. <laughs> You're still going to be there. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I definitely feel like that's one of the big themes in the movie. Um, but then I think another one is, uh, you know, that you, how you said a moment ago, like we're all alone. The movie sort of starts off with that premise and, and Andy's character, Andy Samberg's character certainly espouses that premise. But then I think the movie challenges that, you know, obviously given that the whole thing is based on these two people being together. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sort of, you know, it's not a movie, it's not a message that this movie is the first to make. Um, but the idea that, um, that you kind of find meaning in your relationship to others. Right. Right. That he's sort of living this nihilistic existence, but once she's in the time loop with him, it takes him a minute, but he kind of learns that actually what he what gives him purpose is actually his relationship to her. You right know, now he's got something worth living for and worth sort of caring about. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, the, the film is a, is a good metaphor for, um, for what it's like to be in a relationship or be with, you know, the same people throughout, like going through life. Right. Where, um, you know, I think about this as a, as a father of a child, right? It's like lots of days are very similar to the days that came before, right? Mm -hmm. And there's just a fair amount of routine and repetition in, in that. And the goal is not to like ever, you know, continually inject variety into things. Although certainly you will, right? Just but the goal is to just be with the people that are meaningful to you and like sort of get through and like go through life together and enjoy one another and like use one another as a way to like frame and a lens through which to view like the events around you. Right. And so I feel like the movie does a great job of sort of literalizing that and saying like, this really is just the same day over and over again. And the only way that we have, to make this, you know, livable and enjoyable is via each other. Right. And so I think that the, the relationship that, that grows throughout the film between the two characters really sort of, um, literalizes that in, in very sort of engaging ways. Yep. Agreed. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I think next up, 
I think it's about time to get into spoilers, is it not? Yeah, best parts of the movie, baby. All right. Oh, things. Yeah. Um, which I think you came dangerously close to already doing earlier. Oh, I probably <laughs> but, did. Um, yeah. But uh, well, I think one of the one of the biggest things to spoil is that um, J.K. Simmons's character, who's in the trailer, but you really don't know what the heck is up with him. And I suppose if you really think about it, you could probably guess what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. But they don't explain it in the movie for a little while. Um, and that is that uh, that is <laughs> that he is also in this time loop. Yeah. And I love I love that particular story element because when so very early in the movie, you know, he shoots Andy Andy's what, what's it, what's it, what, I'm, I should stop saying Andy. What's his character's name? Niles. Niles. See, he shoots Niles with an arrow. Yeah. And it's really out of nowhere and completely unexpected. And yep. you're 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 totally um, shocked when it happens. Right. Uh, because you're like, what, this guy, is this guy's hunting him or something? What the right. heck is happening? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and he, as he explains to, um, what's, what's the female's character's name? Sarah. Sarah. As he explains to Sarah later, um, you know, I kind of, I got drunk with this guy and I pulled him, uh, you know, I, you know, I convinced him to go through the, into the cave and now he's in this time loop too. And he's like, he hates me. And right. But, um, but, but he lives far away. And so he actually doesn't normally even come out to kill. Like it's like once every couple weeks or something. Right. This guy kills me. Right. (laughs) Um, which is just a, a very hilarious sort of little, um, you know, monkey wrench to throw into the, into the machine of like, okay, it's mostly a story about these two, but every now and then this other guy comes along and murders him. Right. Um, which they reveal later in the movie is pretty, he's pretty sadistic about it. You know, he's like tortured him. Yeah. Yeah. In in various timelines, um, or in various, you know, iterations of the day. Uh, but I don't know, I guess, I guess we're supposed to be talking best parts of the movie. So, I'll just say that whole that whole arc I really liked of J.K. Simmons's character. Um, I mean, I thought it was hilarious, but I also thought the way it all got resolved in the end was sort of you know weirdly touching and and a bit right. of a a bit of an ode to you know like the power of empathy because he he what pretty much happens is that Sarah ends up you know, killing him or not killing him, but injuring him really badly, right. By running into him with a car. Yep. And then he goes into, and then he explains to Niles later, like I had to go into the intensive care unit. You know, I Mm -hmm. spent the whole rest of the day there and it really made me reflect on what I had been doing to you because you had been getting killed by me over and over. And I, and I, what I had not thought about was like the actual pain that I was causing. Right. Yeah. Like I, I was like frustrated and I was dealing with that frustration and I was, and I was like letting my anger out, but being in that situation helped me to see just what I was, what you must've been going through. Yeah. And, um, and that kind of helped him, you know, achieve, I mean, I think it's very, it's very Hollywood, like very convenient (laughs) character growth. Right. That's just like, Oh, now he's completely changed as a result of that one, one day in the ICU. But um, but it makes some sense too. Uh, right. So I really liked that whole, I don't yeah. know if that's cheating to say that whole arc, but I really liked that whole arc. Well, yeah. And I, it really, um, I think they use that arc really well in that moment where Sarah does run Roy down with a car because Niles is upset with her. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, why did you do that? She's like, Oh, who cares? None of this matters anyway. And he's like, but the pain you cause to other people matters, not because they have to live with it, but because you do. Right. And just you have to remember that you hurt somebody. You chose to do that. Yeah. And I just thought that that was a really um, – I feel like that's an unusual position for movies to take, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like like violence in movies are like like this. I'm making my fingers wrap around one another, yes, right? Yes, yes. Because it's like uh, – because it, movies is, are, is one of the places in addition to, say, like video games where it's like the violence you inflict on other people – feels like consequence free, right? The violence that mm-hmm. you see witnessed 
or that you witness inflicted on other people seems consequence free. And Palm Springs takes the sort of like unorthodox tack of like, no, like pain is a thing that we should take seriously and that you should avoid creating for other people if you can. Um, yeah. Which just struck me as a really sort of sweet and unusual stance for a movie to take. Um, and using the character of Roy and his epiphany as a way to sort of drive that home as like a transformative idea for a person is like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just a very unusual approach. And I, I really responded to it because it struck me as as su- such a different way of thinking. For, for a yeah, movie. I agree. It's pretty unique for for a movie. I think in particular, um, just for that kind of message to be delivered by a by a person like Niles, because yeah. I, I don't think it's like unheard of for a movie to to, you know, present a sort of anti-violent message, but it's normally going to be in the form of like, you know, an old wise character or um, or, you know, frankly, maybe like a woman or something. Right. But this is just like a young dude who's kind of the kind of person you would normally see committing violence in a movie. Right. Right. Um just being like, that's not cool. <laughs> that's right. not okay. Right. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. That's, that was kind of refreshing. Um, what other parts of the movie were, I mean, it, it's a movie that just had a lot of really funny parts. So yeah. I'm sort of, I'm struggling to think of like, Oh, this was the, the best funny part because there were so many of them. I think, um, um one of the things that the movie did that I quite liked was how it subverted the, um, the scene at the beginning of Groundhog Day, uh, or to, I guess, you know, maybe whatever, 30 minutes into the Groundhog Day, where he starts to, where he is repeating the day for the first time, and he's completely freaked out, right? Um, and he, uh, you know, keeps telling people, like, stop messing with me. Why are you, didn't we have this conversation yesterday? That kind of stuff, right? Like, uh-huh. we don't see Niles' version of that. Right. No, he's well, he's, he's well past that. He's well into starts. this. Right. And so what we get instead is Sarah's version of that, but mm-hmm. kind of thr- almost from Niles perspective. Right. Yeah. Like where he's just hanging out in the pool and she like darts out of her room and starts throwing <laughs> beer cans at him. And he's like, yep. oh, no. Right. Like and he gets immediately <laughs> what has gone wrong. Um, yeah. But we, the audience, don't totally understand it. Right. And so I just think that that was a really great subversion of how you would typically expect this movie to go, where it's like, let's meet Niles, let's go, let's get to the wedding, let's have him experience the thing, and then let's, you know, it's like, let's just skip all that. That's all stuff we kind of mm-hmm. know how that's going to go. Let's th- Where this gets interesting is when you introduce the second person to the mix. Um, yeah. So I thought that was a really smart choice by the film. Yeah, I think I think related to that, just kind of the lead up to that. Um, I remember really liking the whole scene, basically the very beginning of the movie. But, you know, where he gives the the wedding speech. Yeah, and he's looking straight at her. And we, of course, we, we learned later. It's all because he's he's done this before and he knows the exact right words to say and the exact way to present himself, you know. Yeah, that he can he can he can get her to sleep with him basically. Right. But, um, but at that point in the movie, we don't really understand what's happening. Yeah. And so he's just acting very erratically, right? Like he's like going up and speaking and we're like, what's going on? Is this guy drunk? But he seems to kind of know what he's doing, you know? Right. And, and then, and then the whole sort of choreographed sequence of him kind of like approaching her, mm-hmm. you know, dodging dancers on the floor. Cause he knows exactly where they're going to be. Um, I think at one point he like scoots up a chair for somebody to sit on just as they're falling. Yeah. Right? It's like, Oh, this guy's, this guy knows exactly what's happening. Um, and if you knew going in that it was going to be a groundhog day esque movie, then you start to piece together like, Oh, he must already be in the time. Like this must be, you know, he's been doing it, but like the movie's not explaining it. It's just kind of letting you discover that, right. Letting you put it together. Right. Um, and I still found that very just enjoyable to sort of see it through her eyes. Right. Because from her perspective, it's just like, what is going on with this guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's so weird. And also I don't even know him. 
Right. But he's really focused on me and he's, and he seems to, you know, there's something, there's something off about him. Um, and so I thought that was really great. It was like, it was like a good combination of, of funny, but intriguing and just, and just unique and, um, and, you know, very watchable. Um, I'll say one, one more. I don't know why I would include this under best parts of the movie, but it's just like a physical detail that, that I remember is when she's first, um, you know, she's first learned about their time loop and she's driving the car and she's like saying like, I'm going to kill myself or whatever. And he's like, it's, you're going to come back. It doesn't matter if you kill yourself, you know? And she's like, well, I'm going to run into this truck or whatever. And he's just like, all right. And he just sticks his head like straight into the, the, you know, like the, the glove compartment. Uh And she's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, just, you know, if you're going to kill us both, I just, I just want us to be painless, you know, for me. So he's just like positioning himself in a way so that he'll die immediately. Right. (laughs) Which I just, (laughs) which I just remember finding very uh, amusing. Yeah. Because it makes perfect sense, you know? You're sort of like, ah, I'm not going to convince her in this particular conversation. I saw, I also I don't want to, like, lie on the road with broken, with, like, a shattered body for, like, a few hours while I bleed out. Right, right. <laughs> so I'll just stick my head here so that, I, like, so that I my skull is crushed immediately and I die, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. There's something so funny to me about that image. Yeah, they, like, it's, like, one of his guiding principles in life is, like, the one way you don't want to go is on life support in the ICU where they, where you can never fall asleep because they never let you, mm-hmm. they never let you sleep. Like that's the yeah. worst way to go. Um, right. And he's obviously learned that the hard way, the hard way. Yeah. He's been there many times. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, um other best parts. Uh, I, I just love, I mean, I just generally enjoyed the, the hijinks, um, you know, the part where they, put a bomb and a cake and he sticks an arrow in it and fires a bomb via uh, <laughs> arrow into the sky. And he's like, Sarah, you know, from origins unknown based on that accent, right? Like I just, you know, just the movie had tons of stuff like that's just clever and funny. And, um, but I think one of the things I, uh, one of the bits that I enjoy was just, it's a unabashedly weird movie and they are mm-hmm. sort of unabashedly weird characters like they like weird things they're not trying i mean it's um and just a like a a little example is there's one point in the movie that's a pretty pivotal scene where um they are tripping on shrooms and they're Mm -hmm. sort of staring out into the desert vista at night and they see dinosaurs right Mm -hmm. and um and then those dinosaurs are echoed sort of at the end of the film and one of the last shots in the movie. And it's like, uh, it's probably, there's probably an interesting metaphor that what we could make about, you know, the presence of two dinosaurs, like roaming the landscape. Right. Sure. And sort of how it plays in with the, the general sort of plot of the film. But it's sort of like, this is a movie that has decided to like, place a dinosaur hallucination like as sort of a at sort of a central centrally important moment in the film and sort of is so into that image that they're like let's do it again at the end right Uh um and it's sort of like i just and i it's never explained it's never thoroughly thought through like the characters never talk about it in any sort of extended way but it's sort of like no, this is an I've we've decided this is an important image for our movie and we're just going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just like I like when movies just decide to be be themselves and just be strange in ways that feel like unique and um, and appropriate for that movie. Uh, and yeah. so I, I just generally enjoyed um, these weirdos in their adventures in the desert. And I, um, you know, I just I, I think the movie was richer for it. Yeah, no, totally. I, uh, I agree with you. I like the, I, I think especially when it comes to the characters, they're, they're just not your typical, you know, leading man, leading lady characters. They're yeah. like, you, like, I don't, I don't think I can't think of a better word than the one you already used, which is they're just kind of weird. 
Um, I think I think you even get that as early as the very beginning when he's when he's you know waking up in the room with his at the time girlfriend. Yeah, and and I even remember thinking, you know, maybe it was after that scene when he starts giving the speech or whatever. But I think even in that scene, thinking like this seems like an unlikely couple. Like he seems kind of weird. Right. And, and, um, and, uh, but sure enough, it turns out, you know, like he is weird and that actually is why she doesn't even like him. Right. <laughs> you know, like, so presumably like they got into the relationship because maybe he wasn't showing his weird self. Right. And then she gradually learned how weird he is. And she's like, I don't even want to be with a guy like this. <laughs> he's right. just like a, he's a, he's too strange. Um, yeah. Uh, cause his girlfriend is, seems very much more like you're just kind of standard, you know, like ditzy kind right. of like shallow, you know, yep. attractive woman, uh, who's just a, about superficial stuff. Um, is not really, not really interested in hanging out with a weirdo. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I liked all those things. Um, and I would just reiterate that I I think the movie is really good. I think it has a lot of really funny parts. So I think I think I'm out of like best parts of the movie to list, but it's not because there were only a few really good parts. It's just because there was lots of really good stuff. Yeah. But I I don't I don't I don't feel like the need to list it all. Um, I mean, I already gave the silly example of him choosing to die quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's just lots of good stuff like that. Lots yeah. of good, clever, funny things like that. Um, so why don't we move on to fix the movie, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't, I certainly, you know, as with many movies we've talked about where we actually quite liked the movie, I don't think this movie's in need of fixing. However, I can, I can at least name some things that I was less than a hundred percent thrilled with. Um, so one would just be the way, it kind of all wraps up in the end. Um, yep. There's two, I think there's two things I was like not super jazzed about with it. One is it gets kind of, you know, it gets kind of generic like love story in the very end of just Mm -hmm. him being like, you know, it's the guy has to convince the girl that he loves her and he has to give a, a big sort of monologue about how much she means to him. And then she has to either tear up or, you know, just tell him, you know, sort of accept him, accept his speech. Right. Right. Um, so that, that, that felt a little, it, it felt, it felt like almost, I want to say like a little beneath the movie. Cause it was yeah. just too normal, too normal of a way of concluding that story Yeah, for everything that had come before. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't ruin the movie or anything like that. It just, right. I just, I, I think it could have done better. And then also, I got to say, I was like a little disappointed, and this might just more be me than an actual flaw with the movie, but I was a little disappointed that they chose to go with this like purely scientific explanation. um, Yeah. Where she like learns quantum mechanics or whatever, and it's like, this is what the problem is, and I can learn, and I can figure out how to solve it. And And I'm like, oh, you know, like, like with Groundhog Day, it never even attempts to remotely explain the mechanism. It's just like this mysterious thing that happened. Right. right. Um, and I sort of preferred, I mean, I know there was a cave, but I sort of preferred, I guess, the more mystical, like who knows what the heck caused this kind of approach to, yeah. to this premise. Um, and so when it was like, she's learning quantum physics and stuff, I was like, oh, is this going to be how they resolve it? And sure enough, you know, but I thought I thought maybe where there was where they were going to go with that is that that turns out to be a dead end. Like she tries to science her way out of it and, right. and can't. Right. Which I think I would have preferred. I don't know how you would end the story otherwise. Right. But that's what I sort of thought would happen. But then it's like, no, she actually successfully sciences her way through it. And you're right. like, oh, oh, oh OK. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's like I almost would want you to go more into the science if that's actually going to be your resolution. But that would be a very bizarre 90 degree turn for a movie like this. So that that I wish they had done differently. That's all. Yeah, it's funny. I actually quite liked that choice because Groundhog Day basically sort of makes it a very sort of karmic or spiritual type 
you know, sort of existential problem where it's like somehow it feels like, and although the movie never directly addresses this, like it feels like the way that Phil Connors chooses to live his life is like ultimately the key to unlocking another day. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you have to live or sort of fundamentally be a different person for this thing to end. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think it quite works in that movie because it's so novel, right? It's the first time that that's been sort of done in a, in a film as far as I'm aware. Um, so I feel like if this movie attempted to, like, I feel like ultimately these movies have to result in the time loop ending, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they just are stuck in here forever, I feel like that's a pretty unsatisfying ending. And so then it's a matter of like, okay, well, how do you get out of it? Do you sort of have the universe enforce some kind of karmic rule that, um, or do are the characters somehow going to get themselves out of it in some way? And I think this movie was sort of just, you know, picked door number B because B is a number for sure. Um, and, and I think that was where I was. Pr- I was pretty OK with them hand waving the whole like it's science thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I was sort of like what I liked about that was like, A, and I thought it was r- the right thing for the character. I was like, oh, yeah, she is, you know, capable of being a driven sort of methodical person. And he is not. Right. Like he has never even contemplated the idea of like, I wonder if I could figure out what's going on in here. Like mm-hmm. he's like, it's unknowable. Who knows? Let's get drunk. Right. Yep. Um, yep. And so I like that they those characters diverged in that way where she's like, no, I think this is a problem that I can figure out and I will. And I think it spoke to, I think, good character development uh, on on for the Sarah character. Um, and then I liked the fact that they choose to leave the time loop because that has different implications for what like agency the characters have and um why they are choosing to get out of it like versus the phil connor situation where he has to sort of like become extremely zen about his entire existence and sort of say like what will be will be tomorrow will be today and uh it's only when he sort of like fully embraces like living in the present and being like a good person that, uh, that he can actually continue on. And in this movie, it's sort of like almost the opposite. It's like, we're going to do, we're not going to accept our lot in life and we're not going to just be okay with it. And we are purposely going to make a choice to move forward. Right. Um, and so I liked that. I liked that it was different. Maybe it wasn't ideal, but I certainly liked that it was different from what I'd, seen before well i i so three things firstly i think uh i definitely totally agree with you that they had to get out of the time loop from sort of a symbolic standpoint like i think in terms of the way the the movie works on a on a on a symbolic level is that you know he is sort of living this meaningless existence where he says like, we're all completely alone and what's the point. And that's what the sort of time loop represents. And then when he eventually, you know, learns that she provides a purpose for him, Mm -hmm. then it, then to your point, sort of similar to groundhog day, it's like, okay, now once you've, when, when you have no meaning, when you have, when you have this nihilistic outlook, like every day might as well be the same because there's nothing really giving you uh, a purpose. But when you find that, um, when you find that meaning in your life, then there's tomorrow is like something to look forward to. It's, it's something different. It's something new. And so all that sort of like a figurative, you know, it, it operates at that level. And I think for that reason, they have to break out of the time loop. But, um, but on the other hand, I think this movie is interesting and I think it's worth contrasting with Groundhog Day in that in Groundhog Day, the only way for him to really have a relationship is for him to get to the next day, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he's forming this relationship with Andy McDowell and she just forgets everything again. So he has to like 
like he has to sort of start a relationship with her every day over and over again. And that's not a recipe for like a meaningful actual relationship. Right. Whereas in this movie, um, I think it would have been an interesting choice for them to have not exited the time loop. Sure. Because, because the challenge would be sort of like, what is it that gives us meaning? You know, it's not the fact that tomorrow the wedding is over and we can go to different locations. Right. Right. It's the fact that we are learning and growing together and we're doing things together and we're forming memories together. And I actually think it would have been a very interesting um, angle to take to say, could you actually have like a happy ending where they're still in the time loop, but they have each other and they've figured out a way to actually enjoy that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and even you, when you said they sort of, they made a choice to exit it, I would say, well, she made a choice to exit it. Yeah. He yeah. actually wanted to stay. Right. But then he decided to exit because he wanted to be with her. Yeah. Um, uh, and, but the third thing I would say is, uh, what is the third thing I was going to say? I actually forget what the third thing I was going to say is. So I guess just those two things. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say three things? I meant two things. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't count. Um, so, you know, so as, as like I, I sort of see both sides. I, I think there's an argument to be made that that the way it ended is perfect and just fine. Um, but I think, you know, what I'm saying is that that may be and uh, and I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm obviously not offering like a better way to do it. I'm, I'm giving hand wavy things that might have been interesting. Right. Um but I just found it a little bit unsatisfying personally. Gotcha. Um, man, it's going to bug me that I can't remember what the other <laughs> thing I wanted to say was. Uh, we'll record an emergency podcast when you remember the third thing. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, let's see. So we've done, uh, I think we've done all of our usual segments up through fix the movie. Yeah. Are there any uh, are there any other things you want to say, or should we just go on to beam it up or not? Let's render a verdict. All right, let's render a verdict. I, I, it's tough. This doesn't feel like the sort of movie I would normally beam up. Right. But I, but I did really like it. Yeah. I think, I think I'm really on the fence, but I'm. I'm leaning towards not beaming it up. What about you? I actually think that, I mean, who's to say what the rest of the year will hold, but I actually think that this will probably be for me, the 2020 version of upgrade or ready or not. It's going to be like this scrappy little movie that I really liked and think about a lot. And I'm like, it probably won't make the top 10. And then at the uh -huh. end of the year, I'll be like, it made the top 10, right? Yeah. So I yeah. think I would be inclined to so beam it up. for it. Yeah. I, I could see that, but I think the way I think of it is a little, I think of it a little differently. Um, I think that there is a very good chance this will be among my favorite movies this year, just because so few movies are coming out. Um but I think I'm just kind of okay with the idea that 2020 will have far fewer movies beamed up. Yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah. In a typical year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I would beam it up if it were, if it were not for the stuff we were just talking about, like I get that it's a lot of, it's just a matter of taste. I don't think it's anything the movie did objectively wrong. Right. But I think the way it all ended, it sort of, it sort of ended weaker than, than most of the movie for me. And I think that it's not like, it's not like I, like I said, I don't think that ruins the movie at all, but it's sort of, it's sort of a missed opportunity. Like I think if the ending had been really, really interesting to me or, or really, you know, inspirational or, or something like that or mind bending or something like that, um, then I could definitely see that have sort of, that that might have like tipped it over the edge for me of like we got to beam this movie up this is this is like an exceptional you know great movie um but as it is i just think it's a really really good comedy 
um, much better than average. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like I would definitely recommend it to anybody. S- certainly, I think it's a great, you know, I don't know if date movie is an appropriate term in right. the coronavirus era, but, you know, a movie to watch with with a, with a partner, romantic or, or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's just lots of good laughs and it's like a pretty good feel good movie too. As long as you can tolerate a little bit of <laughs> random violence from, from Roy's character, some light violence, some light torture, yeah. Yeah. pretty, pretty light. Yeah, that's true. All right. So I, w- I would not beam it up, but it was close and you would beam it and up. And I would beam it up. I'd push the button. So what does that All mean? Right. Does that mean I get to push the button? Yeah, I think you get to push the button. Aha! It's beamed. It's off. Into space. You know, for for all we talk about how expensive it is to beam stuff up, then that sound effect really makes it sound like it's really quite simple. You push Uh, a button, and within a few seconds, it's done. Yeah, but you don't see the bill that I get. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's right. When I say, I, I talk about it being worth the cost. We're talking about money. Yeah, no, I just got that I button. just got a notification on my phone that my checking account is overdrafted again. Because <laughs> of these uplo- every time because of these expensive up. uploads to space comes straight from your checking account. I'm overdrafted. I have to pay the bank fifty bucks. Well, we appreciate your sacrifice, Adam. Yeah, this astronaut he owes me a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Dan. I'm Adam. This has been Space Flicks. Bye. Bye.